So we've got some interesting subjects to cover here. Uh, last week, I talked about Dave Rubin and his conversion to being a theist, basically. He didn't outright become a Christian, quote-unquote. He said he believed in God. So I started uh, kind of checking out some older YouTubers that I used to watch, like, back in the day, some old atheist YouTubers from, you know, years ago. When I first got involved in the atheist community, I watched a lot of Armored Skeptic, a lot of Logic, uh, people like that. Those were two main ones. So I got to looking at Armored Skeptic's videos, his most recent videos, and some people may recognize right off the bat as I say that, that it's a mistake. So he went down an anti-SJW path, as a lot of people know, and, and I, I've said this before, I followed him down that path. I completely agreed with him at the time. Come to find out, um, the whole anti-SJW thing is BS. It's like way over the top ridiculous and they're obnoxious and they say absurd things that don't really make any sense. Um, so, you know, I, I came to my senses eventually with that. And it seems like he's kind of laid off the anti-SJW stuff for the most part. But in one of his newer videos, he was saying some really interesting stuff. So, and I clipped it out. This is the first, like, 30 seconds of his newest video. Or what I think it's his newest video. He may have released one since then. But it's one of his newer ones at the very least. Let's give this clip a listen. This is Armored Skeptic. I'm also going to be listening to Dave Cullen of Computing Forever explain his reasons for leaving Christianity. And then I'm going to listen to Dave Rubin's reasons. So let's, let's give it a listen and see what he has to say. I began my YouTube journey by breaking my head out of the dogma of religion, embracing science and logic, and rejecting the Bible. Certainly, a lot has happened since then. I still don't believe in the God of the Bible, but kind of come full circle on this whole thing here. I'm starting to notice that there might be something more to the universe than what science can describe. And I've also come to realize that some of the stories in the Bible, and I mean the really, really crazy ones, are actually true. Okay, let's pause it there. So here's what Armored Skeptic said. I I'm gonna try to break these things down as we go through it. He says, he doesn't believe in the Christian God necessarily, but he believes that he's, he feels that he's come full circle. He started his channel out as a skeptic, quote unquote, debunking religious claims, debunking the Bible and things like that. And now he's come full circle and he believes that there's something greater than us, something we can't understand or whatever else, right? To me, that, that, that's pretty straightforward. He's saying he believes in God. Um, at, at the very least, he believes in some metaphysical thing that we can't explain, which is something we hear from Christianity all the time. So let's continue on and hear the next portion of this that he said. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a confession to make. I low-key believe in ghosts. A little. Sometimes. I know, I know, it's not logical. I'm very likely wrong and I can't prove that it's true, but I've just had enough weird experiences in my life that make me wonder if there exists a world out there that eludes our senses. Okay, 
So he said he believes in something beyond us in the previous video, some metaphysical, you know, thing. And he believes that most of the really crazy stories in the Bible are true, or some of them, at least. I think he said some of them. And now he's saying he believes in ghosts in this other video. This is a second video. He believes in ghosts. This is like, what happened? I don't understand. Like, this dude helped me get out of religion. How did this happen? I want to know his thought process here. This makes zero sense to me. And it does not stop here. There is a lot more to this. So the next one is Dave Cullen, I think his name is, Computing Forever. He didn't just say he believes there's something beyond us. He took it a step further and said he, believe, he believes in the Christian God. And he believes we need Christianity to be good people. So let's listen to what uh, Dave has to say here. I guess I considered myself an atheist since I was about 13. I rejected the religious teachings of my parents, who were both devout Catholics and quite conservative. And as I entered my teenage years, I began to become more liberal and I believed that I could have all the answers, that science and secularism were adequate substitutes for religion and faith. But as I grew older, I also became more conservative and I began to realize that the wisdom of my parents was based on something timeless, universal, and tried and tested for thousands of years. That the teachings I of Christ were a set of rules an and instructions that not only made intuitive sense when carefully studied, but actually had been essential in building and maintaining our Western civilization. While a decade ago I had buried myself in the horseman in my mid to late twenties watching Hitch, Harris, Dawkins and Dennett own religious apologists in debates time and time again, I had however dismissed all too quickly that the horsemen were simply unable to adequately refute the claim that you cannot get an ought from an is. All right, let, let's just pause there for a moment. He says you cannot get an ought from an is. That's his big claim. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard this claim or not. You can't get an ought from an is. Basically, it's saying science tells us how the world is, quote unquote, and religion tells us how the world ought to be. It's basically saying... You can use science to figure out how the world operates, but you need religion to have morality. They're saying you need objective morality. Now, what blows my mind the most about this guy is the fact that he was involved in the atheist debate scene. I mean, he watched Hitchens, Harris, Dennett, and Dawkins. He listened to them. He read their books. How can you possibly take anything that Christianity has to say seriously after you read their books. Like, it, it, it honestly, I'm sorry, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So his argument is, you can't get an ought from an is. That, he's saying you need religion for morality, and science cannot provide that. So let's continue on with the video and see what other things he has to say about it. Science is the means by which we understand the physical world around us. It is not the means by which we derive our morality. For that, we need philosophy, metaphysics, religion. Human beings need relatable stories, instructions, parables, in order to develop a moral and ethical framework in which to live. All right, hang on. Let's just pause right there. He's saying that humans need uh, parables and stories to teach them morality. I just straight up completely disagree with that. That's just wrong. That is just not correct. 
I didn't need a parable to be told to me or a story for me to understand that murder is wrong. I, I just knew that that was wrong. Christians, generally speaking, seem to think, or extremist Christians at least, seem to think that you need the Bible to teach you morality. Well, guess what? The Bible has some really horrific shit in there. You know the morality that I would draw from the Bible? If, if it was in a vacuum and I was just reading it with no outside influence, I would understand slavery to be acceptable. In fact, I would, I would understand it to be a good thing. That's the moral value that I would pull from the Bible because that's how the Bible talks about slavery. As though it was an okay thing. It's fine. You can do it. No big deal. Even indentured servitude, even if you want to go down this path, and that's just straight up wrong. I'm sorry. It's just not good. Those are the moral values that you learn from the Bible. We didn't learn our system of morality from the Bible. I'm, it just did not happen that way. If anything, the Bible has damaged our moral compasses. I mean, look at Islam. Look at the Koran. It has kind of eroded the moral values of a lot of people. They believe that it, they, the punishment for leaving this religion is death. They believe that the punishment for homosexuality is death, throwing you off a roof. This is just not, you don't get real good morality from these books, from these specific books, from these specific groups, from Jehovah's Witnesses, from Mormons, from the Bible, from the Koran. Like, he knows this. It, it, it really makes zero sense to me. Like, he's been through these arguments. He's listened to these arguments. He was a prominent atheist in the atheist community for like a long time. Why is he giving us these arguments now when any atheist follower he had could see straight through this stuff? Or, well, most at the very least. Let's continue. Human beings need relatable stories, instructions, parables in order to develop a moral and ethical framework in which to live. Science and religion are actually not in conflict, as some atheists believe. They're not actually in competition. One is the means by which we understand the physical world around us. The other is the means by which we derive meaning and moral instruction. Okay, he says, religion and science are not in conflict with each other, like many atheists believe. I, I, look, I'm an atheist. I have no issue with people being religious. Absolutely zero issue. My issue is the fact that religion is contradicting science directly. Science tells us that evolution took place, that it's a thing that we can observe, that we can watch happening. Religion tells us, no, that's not true. You can't see it. It's a lie. So I, I'm not saying religion and science are in conflict. Religion is saying that. I'm not really sure why he framed it that way. Let's continue. This system may even form the basis of a legal system or constitution for a nation-state to live by, but the core philosophy must be based upon something that cannot be altered or replaced by man-made ideals. It's the idea that there is a higher power that man is answerable to, that governments and politicians cannot challenge. Okay, let's pause it there. So what he's saying here is he wants some level of authoritarianism 
something that politicians can't challenge, something that nobody can challenge. This is the final authority that everybody reports to, that everybody answers to, that everybody refers to. That's authoritarianism. What he's advocating for here is exactly what he's been fighting. It's like you're literally saying you want an authoritarian type of system here where nobody can ask questions. It's just, that's it. There's your answer, and don't ask any questions, just do it. The state is beholden to the values and morals that the populace subscribe to. This is one of the primary utilities of religion in our society. So he's saying that he wants a system that is so unified that everybody subscribes to this in the system. A final authority, whether you like it or not, you have to agree that this thing is wrong and this thing is correct and blah, blah, blah. That's his whole bit. So he's, he is appealing to religion for the morality aspect of it. And I just, I, I'm sorry, that's just not how our brains work. You seem to, like, you really do not want the Bible as your final moral authority. I promise you. If you, if you actually do, then you have not read the thing. Like, the morality in the Bible is genuinely horrific. It's really, really bad. Because it was set between, say, 2,000 and 6,000 years ago in a completely different culture that wasn't anywhere near as enlightened technologically or morally as us. Like, society has come so far from two to, to 6,000 years ago. It is absolutely absurd to take their moral beliefs and apply them to our modern world. It would be a bad place. I, I, I honestly don't know what he's talking about here. I don't know what brought him to that conclusion that the Bible should be a moral authority. But he was an atheist in the atheist debate scene, and now he's saying this. So this next portion, I clipped out something that Dave Rubin said forever ago, like two years ago. I think this is two years old. And this was his stance two years ago on religion. And then we'll listen to his stance on religion now. So let's listen to his two-year-old stance on religion. As I've said many times before, I myself am not a believer, but I don't really care what anyone else believes as long as their religious beliefs don't take the form of legislating my life. In the privacy of your own home, you can believe in Yahweh or Jesus or Muhammad or the flying spaghetti monster, and that's actually none of my business. If your religious beliefs give you some sense of purpose or inner peace, then great. It's when your beliefs bleed into who I can marry or wanting to throw me off a roof that I have a problem with you and your beliefs. I 100% agree with him on that. There's like a, a little bit, I'm super left-wing, right? I'm like a Bernie Sanders supporter the whole way. But there is a very libertarian streak in me. You do what you want to do with your life as long as it doesn't affect my life. So this, your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. You can be religious if you want. You can believe whatever you want to believe. You can do whatever you want to do. Up to the moment, it affects me. So if you want to not vaccinate your kids, that's fine with me, except for the fact that it affects me because we need herd immunity with vaccines. That means everybody has to be vaccinated or it doesn't work. 
So I would be okay with you making a stupid decision like not vaccinating your kids, except it affects me. If you want to be religious, if you want to believe all of this nonsense, be my guest. But the moment you start hurting other people with it is the moment you lose your right to do it. I don't care how religious you are, you don't have the right to sacrifice a child. You don't have the right to, you know, kill people for your beliefs or whatever. That's just, you're affecting other people outside of yourself. You don't have that right anymore. So that's kind of where Dave Rubin sits with it. it this is, like I said, this is two years ago. So this is where he sat with it two years ago. Let's continue. I usually explain my feelings about belief with a simple basketball analogy. If you told me that you saw LeBron James dunk from half court last night, well, I couldn't just take that on faith alone. I'd need some sort of evidence, like at the very least seeing the videotape with my own two eyes as proof of your outrageous claim. So it seems only logical to me to treat the biggest questions of the universe with the same intellectual rigor as my imaginary basketball analogy. Okay, so his basketball analogy was actually really good. I can't accept what you're telling me unless I have some kind of definitive proof of some sort. Just anything. Just give me anything. And the moment that you give me something that's credible, I'll run with it. I'll believe you. I'll, I'll go with it. Like, give me some kind of a video evidence. Anything. Anything at all. And we'll talk. We'll go from there. So far, I have seen some evidence for Christianity, but it's all been piss poor. Anyway, it sounds like he is where I am at this moment. He actually grew up Jewish, though, so he, he was never really involved in Christianity. Uh, so let's continue on and see what Dave Rubin actually said on stage here. I would say I'm, I'm secular basically in my life, but I definitely in the last year have found that there has to be something outside of us. The rest of this makes no sense. I mean, the, the part... Very briefly, the part that you know I'm really known for is the is the political part, and that I was a lefty, and and the difference between you leftism. You kind of had a political conversion. I had a, right, so yeah. I'm, I'm usually much more comfortable talking about my yeah. political conversion <laughs> than than a, than a religious. I'm not really sure why that's funny. Why is everybody laughing? I'm uh, much more comfortable talking about my political conversion than my religious conversion. I I must have missed the joke. I don't know. Um, but but I would say this that consistent with me talking about sort of what's happened with the postmodern left, with the progressives, they've disconnected everything. Their whole worldview is disconnected to anything that came before them. So that, that could be God or, or a religious set of ideas or something like that. So I'm really, really fascinated by that at the moment. And it's, it's changing how I live my life. I, I just did, it was Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day in Judaism. I was at a service that was actually at a church in, in Pasadena in Los Angeles, hosted by, by Dennis Prager, that I'm sure many of you guys know about. Uh, Dennis Prager, who many of you know. So uh, I'm sort of, I'm, I would say I'm in it the way you guys are all in it. Well, trying to find some truth in, in the uh, madness. Okay. So he said, I'm in it the way you guys are in it. Trying to find some truth in the madness. Now, I, we've got to bear in mind that Dave Rubin was at a, what I think is a Christian conference here. So some people say it's about money. And I've said this before, but I'm, I'm going to say it again. I have a lot of trouble accepting that it's about money in many cases because I could be rich tomorrow if I came out as a Christian. 
but I can't because I don't believe it. I I I think it's outright harmful. I think it's a bad thing. I could not come out as Christian tomorrow, no matter what the incentive is. No matter what. Somebody gives me a million dollars, I couldn't say I'm Christian. I, I cannot do it. I don't think it's about money in most cases. Now, with, with Ruben, I think he was playing to the crowd that he was in front of there probably a little bit. And... So he was like, he said he's agnostic. And what he means when he says that is he was kind of on the fence. That's what he means. He he's kind of saying he doesn't know. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't, whatever. But I think that in this specific case with Ruben, he was kind of playing into the maybe there is side of his agnosticism versus the maybe there isn't side. He's very wishy-washy with the whole thing. But if he's in front of the right crowd, he can pretend to be anything he wants to be, chameleon type of situation. So Ruben isn't that surprising to me, honestly. But Computing Forever moved from full-blown atheism to full-blown Christian, and that absolutely blew my mind. An armored skeptic, I'm sorry, man. He just, he lost all credibility in my mind. Like, forever ago. I was already kind of on the fence, but after this, I just don't even know what to say about him anymore. Like, he needs to remove the word skeptic from his name. There's absolutely nothing skeptical about the positions he's been taking recently. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, it's an inside joke. It's an inside joke between skeptic and his fans or whatever. Didn't seem that way to me. And that's what really matters, isn't it? If somebody, if some random person is coming into the situation looking at his conspiracy theory videos, just brand new views, never seen his channel before or haven't seen his channel in a really long time, and they're listening to him talk about this stuff, they're going to believe what he has to say. That's what's important. Do you know how many views I get per day versus how many of those views are subscribers? It's almost entirely new views from new people. My subscriber view, I mean, everybody's subscriber views are just a fraction of the views that you get on your YouTube channel. That's why it's so important that YouTube continue to promote your channel because if they stop promoting your channel and you're relying solely on subscribers, um, you're, you're going to die as a channel because those subscribers are eventually going to leave, lose interest, as everybody does. That's just how it works. And if they don't show up for a month to your channel, then they're considered inactive subscribers. And they're going to be a lot less likely to view your, your new videos. So you have to have this constant influx of new viewers to your channel, to your social media. If you don't have that constant influx, you're going to die out. Um, so almost all, I would venture to guess, probably 75% of Armored Skeptics' views are brand new people who have never seen his channel before or who haven't seen it in many, many years or months at the very least and are buying this stuff. So inside joke or not, it's harmful and it's wrong. So I got a super chat from Nervardia. Do you think that it's unethical to deconvert elderly people from the Jehovah's Witnesses? I did touch on this last week, so go check that clip out. 
if you haven't seen it. I think it's titled something like I'm Coming for Your Grandmother or something like that. Uh, kind of a clickbaity title, but anyway, it's really complicated. Should you basically sh show people that God isn't real? Should you try to deconvert older people? My answer to that is you should always try to pull Jehovah's Witnesses out regardless of age, but be careful and try to focus on the cult aspects and less so on the God aspects of it. I'll say that much. I got another super chat. We have little faith. Voice 2 did nothing wrong. Yes, it did. And it knows it did. And I was in voice 2 earlier, and you know what they said? They said, yeah, we did something wrong. What are you going to do about it? That's what they said. They said it to me. It's messed up. I was there. First off, from a cringy trap, Telltale, how is Katie and Alpha Force Zero doing? They're doing pretty well. Christmas is coming up. Pretty exciting. Um... I absolutely love Christmas, as most of you probably know. I got Christmas presents back there for her. Uh, let's see. She is not here tonight because she's with her grandmother on Sunday nights. So, But, you know, what? I shouldn't even talk about what I got her because sometimes she watches these videos, so I'm just going to keep it zipped. But, yeah, really, really exciting stuff. Cannot wait. I love Christmas, so. Uh, this one's coming from M. Kelly, any Christmas plans? Christmas plans. Usually with my family, um, what we do is we get together and we we have like a Christmas Eve party basically on, on the 24th. Probably 30, 35 of us, just cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody's all get together in this room and we play, you know, Christmas games and eat Christmas food and open Christmas presents, usually only open one present. Kylie thinks she has the one uh, picked out that she wants to open on Christmas Eve, so I'll bring that over there. She only lives like two streets down from me, so. Uh, I mean, my grandmother does. So, yeah, I'll bring the present over there, and we'll all open it, and it'll be pretty fun. I love Christmas, man. Uh, this one is from Nucleomaniac. Do you do New Year's... Do you do New Year's resolutions? And if so, what are yours? I haven't, um, I have not done New Year's resolutions before. I guess that's just like one of those celebrations that I never really got on board with. I don't know. I don't even know what resolution I would have. Like, I, I'm pretty happy with the things that are going on in my life generally and the, the things that I do. So, yeah, I don't know. Some people choose to lose weight or quit smoking or whatever else, but yeah. Um, I think I'm okay. I think I'm all right at the moment. Uh, this one is from Fork. My family is getting retro gaming systems for our soon-to-be-renovated basement. Anything you recommend? We have a PS2 with DDR pads, a N64, and the remade SNES. Mm, that's awesome. So uh, some of you may be able to see behind me I have uh, like a gaming setup back there i collect retro games and actually um i have my 3ds right here i was gonna play it before the podcast but i didn't end up doing that uh, i usually play one of those games about once a year i was saying right before this started right now i have a link between worlds and i have metroid samus returns i'm gonna give those a playthrough sometime in the near future but anyway as far as gaming systems that I would recommend, it really depends on the era that you grew up in. So when I was growing up, 
Um, the Super Nintendo and the PlayStation were kind of my two big devices. And the PS2. I, didn't, I don't think I had a PS2, but eventually I did end up getting one. Those are really, really good systems. Nintendo 64, actually, I think it had like all, it had way fewer releases than other Nintendo consoles. It had like 250 or 300 game releases or something like that. Where, uh, say, the Game Boy had like 1,300. The NES had 1,300. The SNES had around the same. So, yeah, Nintendo 64 is really, really easy to collect for because there were so few games made for it. So if you want a complete collections, that would be a pretty decent way to go. If you wanted a complete collection, you could go with a Virtual Boy, too. There were only, like, 16 American games made for it, I think, or 14. Anyway, another option, something that a lot of people don't think about, is if you're going for collecting, you could uh, get a PSP, because the PSP is kind of retro, kind of not quite. But for that reason, a lot of the games are dirt cheap for it right now. Like the rarest, most expensive game for the PSP, last I checked, was like 60 bucks, Versus the rarest and most expensive for the Super Nintendo, which is 20000 Or the NES, which is between ten and 15000 Point is, if you're looking for something to collect, PSP is where it's at, for sure. I have another article here by the friendly atheist Arkansas school board whines about inability to force Christianity on everyone. Now I haven't read this entire article yet. I read part of it uh, before the podcast, but I believe this is about the school who was like praying before a football game and activist mommy talked about it and Hemant Mehta talked about it and FFRF basically went after this school who was imposing prayer on the students before football games, which is illegal. It's against the law. You cannot do that. So anyway, that's what this whole thing is about, I suspect. So let's just give it a read and see what it says. Here's a story we've heard before. A school district was praying before football games over the public address system and before school board meetings. The Freedom From Religion Foundation tells them to put a stop to it. They do. But in the Pea Ridge Public Schools in Arkansas, the response has been shock and disgust. Of course, it's... It's Arkansas. What did you expect? Uh, This is a quote. I think giving the school board the opportunity to pray is better than taking it and removing it completely. I think there are more people upset about it than people who are not upset about it, said David Austin, lead pastor at the Ridge Church. I'm sorry you're upset about that. I'm not taking away your ability or right to pray. I'm taking away your right and ability. You didn't have a right to to this, first of all. I'm taking away the right that you are removing from other people to not listen to this bullshit. That's what I'm taking away. I am preventing you from imposing your bullshit on other people. That is against the law. Austin says when he heard the news, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, I bet it was heartbreaking. Everyone has a right to pray or not to pray, Austin said. Yeah, you do. You can pray as much as you want to yourself, but you can't impose it on me or students. Can't impose it on other people, and you shouldn't impose it on other people. It's wrong. David Austin is not a smart man. Either that or he's a liar. No one has taken away anyone's right to pray. What Austin needs to explain is why God is too weak to hear those prayers unless he hijacks the public school system 
to force them upon everyone. Exactly. Why do you have to do it through the public school system? There's literally no reason for it except to try to evangelize and convert people and make Christianity more accepted and loved by others. You can't use the public school system to push your stupid bullshit religion. You can't do it. It's against the law. The school board president isn't helping the situation either. Rather than saying, we screwed up, now we're going to fix it, he's blaming FFRF for calling out their illegal actions. I know that there's noticeably something absent from this meeting. Traditionally, we've started our meetings with prayer, said Pea Ridge School Board President Jeff Neal at Monday night's meeting. I would say that the board certainly invites the prayers of the community for this district. This is not a decision that we take lightly. However, we have to be cognizant of the taxpayer's money. That's exactly right. You do have to be cognizant of the taxpayer's money. We're not paying for you to sit there and pray into a microphone to get everybody around you involved. If you want to sit there and have a moment of silence where you bow your head and say your stupid fucking prayer, then do it. I'm not going to try to stop you from saying it to yourself under your breath or whatever, but you're not going to broadcast it to everybody around you while I pay for you to do it. That's another way of saying we would love to force Jews and Muslims to listen to our one-sided conversations with Jesus, but those damn atheists told us we can't, so blame them, not us. Yeah, exactly. They should be thanking FFRF for saving them the cost of a lawsuit they would have lost, not blaming them for stopping forced Christian prayers. Anyone who wants to pray is welcome to do it on the drive to a game or board meeting or in their heads during those activities, but unless they want to hear atheists and Satanists and Muslims and a host of other non-Christian groups use the system to advance their own views, they should get over themselves and accept that we don't live in a theocracy. 100% agree. And that's something that I think um, a lot of Satanist groups actually contribute, something really valuable that they contribute. Like when a Christian tries to put up statues of the Ten Commandments in front of a courthouse or whatever, Satanists will come in and do the exact opposite. They'll put up Satanist statues right next to the Ten Commandments. Now, they can force the Satanists to take it down, but they have to force the Christian to take it down too. So, props to the Satanic Temple. Props to the Church of Satan for doing things like that. Lucian Greaves, I think, is there, the guy who kind of handles a lot of that, and he's been pretty good about it in the past. Christian leader who grabbed reporter's butt on TV arrested for sexual battery. I was, like, so surprised when I saw this. If you guys didn't see this, basically this reporter is standing in front of a news camera giving a report on, a, I think, a marathon, and there were runners running by the camera and waving behind her at the camera as they went, you know, and she was just doing her broadcast. And this dude here, this dickhead runs up behind her and slaps her ass. Like, what kind of a piece of shit do you have to be to do something like that? And you should have seen a look on her face. It was like complete shock. Like, she had no idea what had just happened or how to process it or how to handle it. Like, on live TV! This dude smacked her ass on live TV. Like, what is wrong with this guy? So, anyway, let's read the article. This one was by uh, Hemant Mehta also. Tommy Calloway, the Pittman Park United Methodist church leader. Of course it was a church leader. Anybody surprised by that? 
who slapped a reporter's butt during a race, has been arrested and released after paying a bond. Good, I'm glad he was arrested for that. Callaway had recently issued a half-hearted non-apology days ago. There's a, uh, there's a typo there. I'm going to have to maybe leave some feedback and tell Hemant Mehta about that or something. Uh, Callaway recently issued a half-hearted non-apology days ago, saying he meant to touch reporter Alex uh, Bozar... Wait, I need to get this name right. Alex Bozargian? I think that's it. Alex Bozargian on her back. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that's what you meant to do. Slap her on her back. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I understand now. Which didn't make him look any better. But after she pressed charges, he quickly turned himself in. Good. I'm glad she pressed charges. I'm glad that this is becoming like a big media sensation at this moment because people need to understand that you can't just do shit like that and nothing happened to you. Like, you just don't seem to understand how wrong it is to violate somebody's personal space like that. Like, seriously. Callaway turned himself in Friday at the Cha uh, Chatham County Sheriff's Office and has since been released on $1,300 bond. Huh, $1,300 bond. Now, I know a little bit about how the prison system works and the bond system and everything. So this is my understanding of it. Typically, they, they will set amounts for certain charges, right? So if you, um, if you commit felony larceny, so that's where you steal something that's worth more than $500, I think. It varies from state to state. But let's just say that's the case. It's a felony larceny. Your bond is $10,000, you can either put something up of value that's worth $10,000 and you basically sign it to the court and if you don't, they'll let you out of prison and if you don't come back for your court date, they take that thing that was worth ten grand. So a lot of the time, families will put their houses up as bond for somebody who is dealing with that. So if your house is worth like $100,000 or something, you put the house up as bond and you're basically guaranteeing the court that you are going to make sure that this person makes it to the courthouse. And if they do make it to the courthouse for their court date and everything goes jolly, then they just hand it back over to you and it's done. Like, that's it. The other option is paying cash. I think you can pay 10% of that amount in cash. So if it's $10,000 bond, then you can pay $1,000 in cash and you will get the cash back at the end of, uh, like, after you've gone to court and everything. They'll give you the cash back. And that's how bail bondsmen make their money. Basically, they put their money up for you to get out of jail, and you pay them that $1,000. And then at the end of it, they get their $1,000 back, too. So basically, they put their name up, their reputation, saying, if this person doesn't make it into court, then I will hunt them down. And... So you're paying them $1,000 for that, and they get their 1000 back at the end of it, too. So anyway, that's how it works. But it looks like here he got $1,300 in bond, not in bail necessarily, which I think is cash. So he could have paid $130 in cash and gotten out if he had wanted to. I'm not sure what he put up for bond. Anyway, in a brief email Friday, Bozargian's attorney, Gloria Alred, said Alex is looking forward to justice in this case. According to her police report, Callaway committed a smack and grab in which he also 
grabbed her buttocks in the same motion. God, what a piece of shit, man. This just makes me sick. Just imagine like your wife standing there doing her job and this dickhead walks up and does that shit to her. Imagine that. Imagine what you would feel or your daughter. Just think about that. It says, uh, that's a far cry from Calloway's own insistence that he was just trying to wave to the camera and simply got caught up in the moment. You can't control yourself, then you shouldn't be around society, seriously. The church put out a statement saying Calloway had stepped back from his role there, which was in a voluntary capacity, but it's unclear if and when he'll return. Yeah, this guy's life is pretty messed up at this point for this mistake he made. It's a pretty big mistake, honestly. Like, this isn't a small thing. People seem to, like, downplay this. Like, oh, it's just one mistake. It's no big deal. You know, who cares? You don't seem to understand, like, the gravity, like, what this did to this person. Like, I don't know that it's possible to really completely understand unless you're in that type of a position. Just try to... I, I'm trying to, like, visualize this, put it into a perspective that a male could understand. Imagine some guy walking up to you and grabbing your junk on live camera while you're trying to report. Imagine what you would feel in that case. Like, that's probably the best that I could do to try to portray it. I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what this, you know, what this woman felt because I feel that same kind of infuriation when I think about it happening to, like, my daughter or my girlfriend. Um, but like, you know, like I said, I wasn't in that position and I don't, I don't know that I could really be in that position. So I can only understand it to a certain extent, but I know it would infuriate me. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I'm trying to make a shirt design for every cult I've covered. I haven't gotten every one, but I'm working on it. So check it out and see if your cult is up there. Second, you can support me by checking out my game shop. I sell controller, cartridge, and game box stands for every system from the original Nintendo and Sega Game Gear to the Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. So give that a look too. And finally, if you want to support me in some way other than monetarily, you can check out my other YouTube channels. I have a retro game channel where I answer questions like, why does Shy Guy have a mask? And why are CRT TVs the best way to play retro games? I also have the podcast where I talk about stuff I don't feel I can say on a monetized channel. And finally, I have my main channel, where I talk about cults. I wish I didn't have to worry about dancing around subjects carefully in the first place, but I chose to do this as a full-time job, so unfortunately, I rely on YouTube's AdSense and on the support of patrons to continue doing the work I do. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.